0: Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I am your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way, as an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from Northern Virginia by way of the Philadelphia suburbs, specifically Wayne, Pennsylvania. He is one Mark Beeson. Mark owns a digital marketing firm with his wife, Karen. He's the art director, and in his words, she is the brains. Mark was a painting and drawing major in college, but really preferred doing graphic design and illustration. So he uh, he explained to me before uh, we began our conversation today that he took on a bunch of shitty jobs right out of school until he built up a resume. Mark has been in several original projects over the years. His... Current recording and songwriting project is known as The Jack Pine, and I will be supplying a link to The Jack Pine in our show notes. He also plays bass for Scott Kurt in Memphis 59 on a regular basis. You'll definitely want to check out Scott Kurt and Memphis 59 as well. So we've mentioned that uh, Mark grew up in Wayne, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia, and he's lived in Fairfax, Virginia since 1991. We asked Mark what he's currently working on creatively or what's inspiring him at the moment. And he mentioned that he's working on an EP and letting his 80s musical roots just have their way. Uh, The last album was a mix of country and pop. And uh, this new EP is going to be a little bit more sort of on the pop rock side and heavily influenced by L.A. producer uh, Warren Huart's production style. Uh, John Jester. playing drums on this particular EP. Ben Tufts is playing on one track. Ben is a drummer who is kind of like a swiss army knife around uh, the Washington DC area. He is you know he's quite versatile and he plays with a whole array of characters. And Mark mentioned that he is performing all of the other instruments himself. In terms of favorite sports and activities, he loves football. He's a huge Eagles fan as well as Penn State fan, which uh, in his words can be a blessing and a curse. Mark, I completely understand. In terms of Mark's favorite TV shows to watch, he is really into Modern Family as well as John Oliver. Rarely misses an episode of either one. We would like to ask our guests if uh, they haven't any pet peeves and, uh, Mark responded with uh, wearing shorts on stage and bad table manners. For our conversation today, we'll be discussing the debut record from The Police. That album is known as Outlandos de Amour. Outlandos de Amour was recorded in Surrey Sound Studios in Leatherhead in the United Kingdom. It was produced by The Police, engineered by Nigel and Chris Gray, and mastered by Bob Ludwig. Were there any guest performers on this album? Well, it was just three guys that comprised the police, Honest and Bare Bones. They paid £3,500 in 1978, and by today's currency currency standards, that is about $17,500. This record was officially released in the UK on, I believe, November 2nd of 1978, released Proper in the U.S. in 1979 for A&M Records. So, without further ado, let's welcome our guest to the program, Mark Beeson. Thanks for spending some time with us here on Cover to Cover.
1: Really, oh, my pleasure, glad to Matt. Have you. Thanks for Excellent. thanks for having me on. Yeah,
0: ab- absolutely. It's great to catch up with you, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the debut record from the Police from 1978. Uh, Alanda, more, yeah. What um, what inspired you to choose this debut effort from the place? Can you give us a little bit of a backstory?
1: Wow that that album for me was a real turning point. Um, up until that point uh, in my life, I'd been listening to the uh, music of my oldest brother. He was into you know Dave Mason and Boston and the Beatles and and, and Boss Skags and Steely Dan. But my older brother Russ uh, started discovering these newer bands, you know, bands that were associated with the punk movement in the UK. And he actually bought two albums. He bought Armed Forces by Elvis Costello, but he bought this album by this band called The Police. And I distinctly remember sneaking into his bedroom to look through his records. He didn't have very many, but he had good ones. And seeing this album, Steam Moore, and these three blonde-haired guys, that looked really cool. So I was home from school sick one day, and I went up to his room and got the record, brought it down to the family stereo. We had a, one of those old... Fisher tube stereo consoles my parents got as a wedding gift. So you can imagine it's the kind that you would stack multiple records on top and then one would drop at a time as it played. Yeah. So I sat down and listened to this record. And honestly, I had never heard anything like this. It was raw and had energy, but it was smart. And the musicianship was just phenomenal. You had, you know, Stuart Copeland on drums, Sting on bass, and Andy Summers, who is probably my favorite guitar player of all time on guitar. And just listening to it, it was it was punk, but it was like really smart, well played punk. And it just kind of knocked my socks off. And, um, you know, taking that record from my brother's room, I had to make sure I put it back in the same spot, you know, the vinyl back in the sleeve, the same direction, just very stealthy, Uh, you know, after listening to it, put it back in his room. But, oh my gosh, I think I took that record out. I I, I can't count the many, how many times I took that record out to play it. Uh, eventually he just kind of gave it to me, but, uh. You know, in their early times of listening to it, you know, I was risking my life going into his room and, and <laughs> taking his record out and playing it. You know, luckily I'm, I'm up in sports, so he was away a lot of the time. And I I'm envisioning up, this you know. dynamic. I'm envisioning this dynamic with you and your brother, kind of
0: like what Kevin Arnold is to Wayne Arnold. Yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, my brother Russ was the, was the jock of the family you know, big, tall six, four guy. Uh, you didn't want to mess with him, but the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet, but still didn't want to mess with him. But he had really good taste in music, you know, as far as like newer music. And, um, but that, that album just really struck a chord with me because it, it excited me. And some of the songs scared me. Um, some of the songs are just weird. Uh, you know, Andy Summers track Be My Girl Sally. Yeah. I didn't really understand what it meant the first time I heard it. Didn't know it was about an inflatable doll. Um finally wised up, you know, once I got to high school, but you know, it was just, you know, it just that really just took my, you know, took my music knowledge to another level. It just kind of bloomed with that album. And, you know, introduced me to a new kind of music because before that period, you know, I'd been listening to my oldest brother's music, which was Boston, you know, and their debut album came out. It's an absolutely perfect album. There's not a incorrect note on that album. But then you have the police and it's, it's, you know, though there's no real incorrect notes, it's just raw. I mean, it was recorded for like next to nothing, and when they paid um the studio to do it, Stuart Copeland actually gave them a down payment of fifteen hundred pounds and said, "When you have any open time, please call me, and we'll come in and fill it and put it towards this fifteen hundred pounds." And that just, you know, just to think that album was done so cheaply. And you know when they could get in. It's it's an amazing album, and it launched their career, and it you know launched Roxanne as a single.
0: Right. I'm talking to Mark Beeson here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, and we're exploring Mark's discovery of The Police's debut record from 1978, titled "Atlantis, More." Mark, can you describe for our listeners here? Not just who the vocalist and lead singer is, but um who these additional players are that round out the police let's uh let's delve into kind of the who
1: 's who okay um well, pretty much holding it all together is is Stuart Copeland, who's probably one of my favorite drummers, and I know he influenced countless drummers that I've played with over the years, especially my younger brother Mike who is a phenomenal talent on drums, but heavily influenced by Stuart Copeland. And you can tell that by, you know, the way he plays a hi-hat. Stuart Copeland just played the hi-hat a certain way that you knew it was him when you heard the playing. The hi-hat in an arrangement, you know, and and we do this with, with Memphis 59, that the guitar plays along with the hi-hat and the hi-hat vice versa with the guitar you know it's it's that it's that rhythm it's not you know the kick is playing with the bass but the hi-hat really plays with the guitar and if you listen to a lot of police you know you'll hear that between Andy Summers and his guitar lines and Stuart's hi-hat playing they're they're kind of weaving in and out of each other and then playing together and then diverging and kind of weaving back and forth um but it's a really you know that's one of the qualities that really stands out for Stuart Copeland, I think, in my opinion,
0: absolutely. So we have Andy Sumner on guitar, Stuart Copeland on the drums, and Sting supplying his lead vocals, and uh, quite a bass player in his own right, too.
1: he is uh, he is an amazing bass player. the you know being a bass player myself singing and playing bass can can be a tough chore. Now, singing and playing police songs on bass is nearly impossible, and he pulls it off. I mean, he is such a, an accomplished musician that he can just do these vocal parts that are completely different rhythmically from what he's playing on bass. And it's just... I'm just in awe of what of what Sting can do when he plays and sings because they the rhythms of both parts do not sync up and that is really difficult. That is that is a real skill.
0: We are talking with Mark Beeson here of Scott Kurt Memphis Fifty Nine on Cover to Cover with Matt Turkett as well as King Pine. Mark, this is of course the debut effort from the Police. It, this feels like a really good segue into, um, you know, discussing what some of your favorite tracks on this record and why. Would you like to, um, would you like to go track by track, or would you like to pick out a couple of individual ones that have um, that, that continue to be these these standouts for you when you uh, revisit this record? And um, just how does it how
1: does it continue to inspire you as well? I'll, I'll just pick them out. I mean, okay. So Lonely is probably one of my favorite tracks on the record. And one of the reasons for that is it was one of the first songs I ever sat down and figured out on guitar. So I snuck into my oldest brother Cliff's room and took his classical Yamaha guitar out of its case and snuck back down to the old Fisher console stereo and popped on the Police album. And figured out so lonely and you know that's actually it's one of the easier chord progressions to figure out though playing it the way andy summers does is nearly impossible but that was one of the first songs i ever actually sat down and figured out how to play and so that that one's kind of very near and dear to me uh can't stand losing you is just probably my second favorite song on the album and it's just a great progression. It's it's a great lyric. You know, you got to love those lyrics about suicide. You know, yeah. And, <laughs> but that's just you know the the bass line in in that song is is really fantastic. And and oddly enough, the big single from the album, Roxanne. I really didn't care for it when it came out. I've I've grown to love that song. But when I first listened to the album, it was probably one of my least favorite tracks on the album. Um, one of my favorite ones was just one of the weirder ones, which is pretty. You know, essentially, it's it's an instrumental. Is Mosoka Tanga, and that yeah, the track, that's
0: the closing track. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the track after "Be My Girl Sally," which, like I said, I did not understand what it was about at the time. Um, but that track. It just has a really cool bass line, and even though it's scat vocals, it's just—I just always love that track. And I actually got the opportunity to perform it two years ago when Ben Tufts uh, did one of his uh, benefits, and it was all police tunes. And Ben invited me to to uh, participate in the event, and um. I got to play with uh, Dan Piorello on drums and uh John Penovich on on guitar. And I had requested, can we play Masoka Tanka? Because it, it's just a great bass line. And so we did it. And it was just a lot of fun. But it was great to actually play that song. It's it's one of my favorites on the album. And it's one of the more unusual numbers.
0: It's a song that, you know, for whatever reason it was sang in a language that you know the writer had never heard and uh the lyrics are, are even indecipherable for the artists themselves
1: they they are i've actually when we performed it at uh the Ben Tufson friends tribute i printed out the lyrics for the singer and i said you can either sing this or you can sing the menu from the venue it's really <laughs> not going to matter <laughs> So I suggest Why don't you just sing the menu, start with the appetizers? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but she did her best. She was um she was a great singer, and um uh but she did her best with it. It's not an easy song to sing because it's really just all scatting. But it was fun to play. It was fun to play, and we 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 pulled it off. We're talking to Mark Beeson here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka specifically
0: about the police's debut record. And, um, why don't we dig in a little bit here on so lonely, just in terms of just the, the, the instrumentation here. It's, um, do you think it's kind of melancholic? It definitely has some, some reggae influence The there's a, punky chorus and like really, really cool, isolated, clean vocals from Sting. And um, when I was revisiting this, it, it, it reminds me of kind of IRS era R.E.M. And it really mm. makes, yeah, it really makes sense um, that, you know, at one point in time, R.E.M. Was, it was a supporting act for the police back in the early 80s. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: What,
0: what, what say you, what, um, uh, what attracts you towards the song?
1: You know, I mean, it's a very accessible song. It's it's a very simple chord progression. It's basically a one four five with the minor, with an A minor thrown in, and it's just you know, it's got a a very hooky chorus, and it's a very repetitive chorus. It's most people don't write choruses like that anymore, but Mm -hmm. at the time, it was very common, and it's just it's just. What Andy does on it, Andy Summers does on it with the the guitar playing and the little licks he throws in, and it also you know it starts out very reggae ish, but it ends up very punk at the end, and then you know goes out to that fade out and is just driving, 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 and and that's due to Stuart Copeland's uh, drum part. He just kicks it in a high gear. Even in, in live, they play it even faster. So, you know, to me, it just had like, you know, it built through the course of the song, and, you know, more things started happening, and it got faster, and it ended up just in this giant, huge sing along chorus at the end that, you know, you can't really resist. So, you know, that was really what drew me to that song, other than the fact that it was one of their easier songs to. figure out on guitar but it's just a great song it's a great lyric um but it probably you know it wasn't as popular as Roxanne but for me it's you know my favorite song on the album
0: Can't Stand Losing You I believe was the the second single what um why why is that one of your top tracks
1: you know it's it's you know I you know I'm more of a melodic bass player and yeah. I think Sting is too, because when you play in a trio, there's a lot of space to fill to fill up. And that song for me, I mean, he's really locked in with Stuart Copeland on his bass line. And it kind of opens up in the choruses and then clamps back down in the verses. And they really set up a wonderful foundation for Andy Summers to be able to you know, add his little guitar licks and, you know, do his jazzy things and his reggae things and his rock things all on top of this wonderful foundation. Um, and you know, it's, it's not, it's a very different baseline from say, can't stand losing you, which, you know, that song is very syncopated. Um, and you know, the chords on that song are, you know, it's a little harder to figure out, you know. Also, Roxanne is 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 not an easy song to figure out because Andy's using chords that, you know, if you don't know theory, you're gonna have a hard time figuring out um, what he's yeah. doing. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just a really well played, very tight um, song. You know, they, they they do a great job on it.
0: Absolutely talking to Mark Beeson here on cover to cover podcast with Matt Tarka, specifically about the police's Outlandos, damn war. Why don't don't we talk a little bit about cover art? Okay. Um, yeah, you know, we, we live in this, we we live in this crazy world now where everything is just moving incredibly fast. Uh, information is quickly accessed in the palm of your hand with a click of a few buttons. And, you know, even with things moving at such a rapid pace uh, and the way we absorb art and information uh, artwork always has remained, you know, that constant, that cornerstone with every single and album. What, when you look at this police record, I mean, think back to, you know, those, those years ago when you were, you know, hunting through your, your brother's record collection, you know, when you first saw that front cover and, you know, maybe anything in the liner notes, what, um, What what sort of imagery pops into your mind
1: when you look at this cover? I mean, being a graphic designer, I was always drawn to this cover. Now, you know, having been exposed to bands like Boston and all these other bands, you know, all those guys have long hair. So you look at this Police album, comes out in 1979, everyone still has long hair, and they got short, blonde hair. They looked really cool. They had a cool logo, very simple, but very cool logo. And the design itself had a very punk aesthetic, you know, it's, it's high contrast, um, very simple, but very elegantly designed. So that kind of, you know, seeing that album and armed forces, which is like, you know, an elephant, (laughs) um, you know, it's like, that album really struck out to me. It's simplicity, but it's very elegant and sophisticated at the same time.
0: I see these highway dividers here. It's almost like a, an inverted road. And yet you have these three guys. You have Andy, you have Sting, and you have Stuart. And it almost looks as if there's a flashlight that could be shining in their face. It's certainly accentuating, you know, just different parts of their face, but it's almost like they've been put on the spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very uh, intense light source on them, but um, but yeah, it's just I just always liked it a lot. I mean, it's they're they're kind of almost polarized in it, so to speak, but yeah. uh, I don't know what went into. You know, getting that photograph to look the way it does, but it really is, it's very striking and it's just their blonde hair and sting in his jumpsuit and they just looked really cool to me.
0: Definitely. Did you happen to have, you know, you know, later on, did you happen to purchase your your own copy of this on on a vinyl record? Did you have, you know, was this image so arresting that you needed this, you know, to be a poster on your wall? Did you have that like uh, additional connection to this record? Like what? um,
1: I did actually buy my own copy uh, later on. Um, I went and bought. The second album and the third album And then went back and bought the first album I believe my oldest brother Found this album On his turntable In his bedroom And broke it in half Because no one asked if they could use His stereo <laughs> So I had to go Buy buy a new one So um but,
0: Oh that's heartbreaking
1: Yeah it is It is it was the original pressing,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, I remember, I remember when he he broke it. And I believe it was this album that he broke in half. Uh But uh, but yeah, I did go out and I have it on vinyl. I have all their albums on vinyl. I have them on CD. But yeah, it's, I definitely had to go out and get my own, especially when I went off to college.
0: Mark, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you today about The Police and Outlanders. Dan Moore, thank you so much for being on the program and sharing this record and this band that, you know, it, it sounds like it continues to have a profound impact on your music, on your life. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a seminal record in, in their catalog. And, th- you know, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for having me on. All right. My thanks to Mark Beeson
0: for taking some time to stop by today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you so very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Take a moment to tell your friends and family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. It'll certainly help us appear higher in search results and feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover to cover intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at mixtape studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.